Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. And I want to give an extra warm welcome to those that may be visiting for the first time today or at home or at the beach because it is fall break for some. Uh, we're the envious ones, right? We're the left behind. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I'm grateful for us all to be gathered in the house of the Lord. And you know, one of the things about worship, one of the beautiful things about worship is it's intended to be a day, intended to be a moment in which we praise God and we celebrate how we've seen God show up over the last week. Can I get an amen? amen? If you pause long enough, you might just see where God has been behind you, walking alongside you throughout this past week and moved in your life. And that's part of what worship is. And that's one of the reasons I'm grateful for us being gathered here today. But the other thing that I'm grateful for, and perhaps even equally grateful for, is that this is a community that not only do we bring our joys and our testimonies, but we also bring our questions and our doubts, too. This is a safe place, right, for us to bring our questions. I, I ran across someone the other day that talked about how they were intimidated by being a part of a community because they felt like they had to have it all together. Well, I got news for you. I don't have it all together. Can I get an amen to that? And I got news for you. You don't have it all together either. And, and we as a community don't have it all together. We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers. But we seek to follow after the one who is perfect. Jesus Christ. The way. And as a community of faith that embodies that name, the way, we seek to embrace the call to share in hope. Live with purpose for the sake of others. Amen? Amen. Well, it is good. Again, so good to be with you today. And I want to begin by asking those of you that have one of these to pull it out. How many of y'all have a smartphone? Most of us do, right? But I got something to tell you today. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But do you know that these things are supposed to be powered off once a week? Do you know that the manufacturers, if you actually looked at the fine print, they would say that you need to power cycle your smartphone once a week? I mean, these things can do amazing things for us, right? We, we can stream music. We can stream video. We can, we can post. We can text. We can check email. We can balance our checkbook. We can Venmo money. We can do so many things. They can do amazing things. And a lot of times we can have 9 million apps open at one time trying to do it all at one time. But this smartphone, as amazing as it is, needs a reset. Needs a chance to be powered off. Needs a chance to clear its temporary memory. And to kind of recalibrate so that it might function optimally for us throughout the rest of the week. So I'm going to challenge you today, and maybe, maybe you're not ready to do this, but I'm going to power mine off during worship. And if you're not streaming on your phone right now, those of you at home, and all of us here, would you take it time? Would you turn it off? I know some of y'all are going to be twitching because your phone's off. You're going to feel disconnected, right? Power it off. Power it off. And I got news for you. Our smartphones aren't the only thing that were designed to have a rest cycle. You and me were too. In fact, this fourth word, the Sabbath rest that Eric alluded to in our time of prayer today is what we're going to meditate on today. It's, it's the longest of the ten words of life, the ten words, the ten commandments. It's also the most uh, cited throughout all of Scripture. And perhaps it's also the one that's most overlooked by all of us and each of us. But Why? And at what expense do we do that? And, and what might we gain if we were to reclaim the gift that God's given us in what's called Sabbath rest? How about our lives? How might our relationships look different? Well, that's what I want us to spend some time reflecting on today. So turn with me again, once again, to Exodus chapter 20. 
And we're going to read from Exodus, and later we're going to get into Deuteronomy, because both capture the Ten Commandments. But I want to read in chapter 20, beginning in the eighth verse, this, the fourth word for us today. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath in the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this chance to enter into your presence this morning. It's a gift this day. And this time for each of us and all of us, whether tuned in online or whether gathered here, young and old alike. And Lord, I cherish even the sound of a young child in the house tonight. Lord, it brings great joy to the house to know that all of your family is gathered here. So God, be with us. Allow us to be open to rediscovering the gift of Sabbath. And so may the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 How many of y'all would agree that we live in a 24-what kind of world? 24-7. I mean, we're on demand at someone's fingertips all the time. In fact, dare I say we are more connected today than we've ever been. I don't know about you, but I have an avalanche of texts and emails and chats and instant messages that I have to tend to every day. I, I mean, in many ways, I am more connected today than I've ever been. And it's like an avalanche. Any of y'all living in that world? I know I am. And it's crazy. But, you know, we've lost something in this day and time when we live in a 24-7 world, when we live in an on-demand world, haven't we? We've lost this gift that God's given us, this gift of rest. If you don't believe me, think about the way in which you often answer the question, how are you doing? You, you probably answer it one of two ways, or perhaps you hear it answered in one of two ways. One is, I'm fine, right? And we don't want to say that anymore because that stands for fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotional, right? So we're not, so we're not going to say fine. So what's the other answer? Man, I am so busy. Have y'all ever said that? Like, man, there's just, I can't get to it all. There's not enough time in the day. If there was only more hours in the day. Any of y'all found yourself saying that? <laughs> Someone said his wife. I won't tell who that is. But needless to say, here's the deal. If we add hours to our day, what would we do with them? We'd fill them. We'd fill them up just like we fill all the other ones. It would be just as chaotic, just as busy as all the other hours that we find ourselves living day in and day out. And God knows this. In fact, he knows that there is a need for us to have a down cycle, that we need a rest. And that's why he gave us this gift of the Sabbath. It's essential to who we are as human beings. It's essential to our relationship with God and and our faith walk with God. And knowing how badly we needed this and knowing how often we are tempted to neglect this, God commanded this. God called us to a downtime, a cycle of rest. And I mentioned earlier that this fourth commandment, it's, it's not only the longest, but it's also the most referenced. 
And get this. I mean, if you look in the Old Testament, there's over 111 references to Sabbath. And you think it's all done when Jesus comes. No, it's mentioned some 68 times in the New Testament as well. So clearly Sabbath rest is a big deal. And dare I say the fact that it shows up that many times often speaks to maybe that it's one of the most misunderstood of the guides and gifts that God gives us in these 10 words as well. And I'm not talking about just in our day, but I'm talking about even in Jesus' day because Jesus caught flack all over again for the ways in which he acted and healed and he loved on the Sabbath, right? He was having to come teach and and reteach a way and a misunderstanding because the religious leaders saw Sabbath in a very different way than Jesus saw it. So just what is Sabbath? Why do we need it? Why not? How do we reclaim it if that's where you are this morning? So let's dig into that today. Let's start with the word, the word Sabbath, and in the Hebrew it's pronounced Shabbat. You want to say that? Shabbat. Y'all are good Hebrew now. You can say that. Shabbat. And and it simply means this, intermission. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, plays have intermissions. Games have intermissions. I was at a high school game, and and, and it was a runaway 55 to 7. They needed a longer intermission than they had at halftime. It was awful. Auburn needed an intermission. Yeah, yeah, thank y'all. I appreciate that. War Eagle. Auburn needed a longer intermission, right, Mike? It was awful. It was awful. But game, you know, football teams aren't the only ones that need intermission. We need intermission in our lives. And, and this word, Shabbat, intermission, it's rooted in a couple things. One of them we read already in Exodus, and that is it's rooted in rest. It's rooted in the created order and where God spent six days speaking forth everything that we experience in life. And yet he took the seventh day and called it holy and made it restful. Listen to what we have in Genesis 2, 2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, meaning he set it apart. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Which begs the question, if God found it worthwhile to take a rest... Why is it we find it so hard to follow suit and take rest too? I have a question for you this morning as it relates to this, and that is this. What do you need rest from today? What do you need rest from today? (laughs) Everything. I heard that. You know, we have a a, a young couple in our house, the Ukrainian family that's living with us. They moved in in June, and they just celebrated a, a milestone, not only in their anniversary coming up, first year anniversary, but their little girl is a month old, and I don't know about y'all, but if you remember that newborn stage, you end up with raccoon eyes. Y'all nodding, right? Because you, you need sleep. You need rest. And we recognize they need that respite care, too. We got an amen in the house back there, right? She, training you well, right, mom and dad? You know, we need rest. I mean, because young kids are always demanding in terms of feeding and sleeping and changing diapers and everything, and rightfully so. But even in that season, we need rest, right? What is it you need rest from today? What is it that you need rest from today? The Sabbath is rooted not only in rest, but it's also rooted in deliverance. If you jump over to where the Ten Commandments are captured in Deuteronomy, you find this, where, where Moses is reciting what God had spoken to him. In Deuteronomy five fifteen, we find this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, 
and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. You see, he's speaking to a group of people that all they knew, all their life, all the generations before them was bondage. They had been under the thumb of a Pharaoh and an Egyptian people for centuries. And then God divinely moves them out of that situation and delivers them from the shackles of slavery and sets them on course in the wilderness toward the promised land, a land that he had promised centuries before to Abraham and is yet still ahead of the Hebrew people. And along the way, he gave these ten words, these ten commandments, these words of life, so that they would discover what it was like to live in a newfound freedom in the context of community, in, the, in relationship with one another. And this leads me to ask a second question today. What do you need deliverance from? What do you need deliverance from? And maybe a second question is, that is have you forgotten what God's already delivered you from? Because that's where the Hebrew people found themselves, and that's why God gave this word to them in that day, but it applies to us today. What do you need deliverance from? And what's interesting is in both of these capturings, in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, being that it's rooted in rest in one and rooted in deliverance in the other, we find in both that it's for everyone. It's not just for you. It's not just for me, but it's for everyone. That everyone needs a rest. Notice what he talks about. He says, your sons and your daughters, your servants, your male and female servants, even your livestock, and even the sojourners. And basically what he's saying is everyone needs rest every week. Rest was meant for everyone. And Sabbath is a means to ensure that in their common life, everyone thrived. And by naming these different relationships, I think what God was saying is saying this, hey, listen, don't pull a Pharaoh. Don't pull a Pharaoh. Don't don't project onto someone else a time for them to work when they too need the rest that you also need. Now, y'all know I love myself some Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, I could eat there seven times a day as Tim Hawkins' song sings, right? Can I get an amen, Claire? I mean, I, I would love to be able to get a half-sweet, half-unsweet tea with a twist of lemon today, but I can't. Why? Because it's close. Because it's Sunday. You know, Tim Hawkins in his song, he's talking about eating it seven times a day. He loads the family up in the van. And he says, oh, what a dirty, rotten trick you've played because he realizes it's Sunday. <laughs> it's a great song. You ought to listen to it. It's a great parody. But there's something beautiful in what Chick-fil-A has done, and they've taken a lot of flack for it. In fact, they've been criticized for their decision remaining, being remained closed on Sundays. And, you know, the business world would say it was foolish to miss an opportunity. And there's a lot of real estate that they can't lease. There's a lot of places they can't go into because they're not willing to be open on the days in which those broader businesses or airports or other things might be open and they would expect that their tenants would be open for those that are coming through. But, but I can't help but think that the, the Kathy family, and I've had the privilege of meeting some of the Truett Kathy family, and they are some of the most down-to-earth people. But they took to heart this significance of everyone in need of rest. And so everyone from entry level to executive level takes Sunday off. It's a collective day of rest. 
Which leads me to a third question for us today, and that's this. In what ways do our decisions and actions adversely affect the other's ability to take the rest they need? How is it what we do or fail to do steals and robs from someone else being able to have the time that they need down as well? Shabbat, Sabbath, rest, deliverance. Not just for you, not just for me, but for everyone. It's a day. It's a day. It's, a, it's an all-day experience. That's what God intended for everyone every week. A day of rest and remembrance. And I got news for you. I need it. I desperately need it. I need it right now in this season of life. How many of you are there? I got news for you. If you don't take the rest, the rest will come to you. I had a friend even this morning talking about how he came into the office and laid down for a minute and woke up an hour later. Slapped tired. Went home. He slept for another hour. Guess why? He hit a wall. Any of you hit a wall lately? Because here's the thing. When we don't take that rest... We rob ourselves of a gift that God's given us, but not just ourselves. We rob others. Because when we don't take that rest, when we don't take that away and and grab that time, we find not only are we physically exhausted, but we're emotionally exhausted. And we're not available for one another. Between spouses, for our kids, for our coworkers, for the church, folks... Ministry leaders get worn out, too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sabbath rest. I've got a group of clergy that take a day away each month, and we simply Sabbath. We go fishing. Y'all, I don't, I'm not a good fisherman, but I'm learning that sacred rhythm of being slowed down. I'm used to being behind the boat, you know, with the, the ski or the inner tube or the kneeboard or the wakeboard going fast. And fishing, you go slow. And we're going to be spending a week together in a, in a retreat and accountability time in October. And I'm looking forward to it because I need it. But I also need it for my family. And I need it for you. Who do you need it for in your life? Who, who are you impeding being available to because you're not willing to take the rest that you need to? Shabbat, Sabbath, day of rest. You know, our Hebrew Jewish friends, when is Sabbath for them? Anybody know? Saturday, right? Sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Why? Because it's the seventh day of the week. That's the day in which God set aside the seventh day. So you might be wondering, well, I'm not Jewish. And as a Christian, oftentimes I hear of Sabbath being on what day? Sunday. Why is it that we, as many Christians, acknowledge and take Sabbath on Sunday? Have you ever wondered that? I'll tell you why. Because of Christ Jesus. Because of an empty tomb. Because every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is a day in which we are reminded of the deliverance, a greater deliverance from the sin and shame, from the guilt, from all the pressure that we've put on ourselves and the harm we've caused others. We are reminded that through an empty tomb, we have been delivered from a greater 
bondage. Can you get an amen to that? And so for many of us, Sunday is the Shabbat. It's our Sabbath rest. Sabbath, you see, is intended to be a day for feasting and resting. It means you can take a nap, Alan. It's okay. For worship and for play. Did I call you out? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out, but I did. And it's intended to be a gift, not a burden. You see, the religious leaders burdened the people with what they could and couldn't do on the Sabbath. I mean, they even measured out how many steps you could take in a Sabbath day walk. And if you walked one step further, you were doing work rather than resting. And Jesus flipped the script on him and said, hey, listen, Mark 2, 27, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Y'all hear me? The Sabbath was made for you, for me. Not us for the Sabbath. It's not to be a burden, but a blessing. And despite this, we often neglect it, don't we? You know what happens to soil after you don't give it a rest? Any of y'all garden in here? If you don't give the soil rest, what happens to it over the years? It dries out. It cracks up. It hardens up. And ultimately, all the nutrients that it would have to offer to the seed sown in it gets sapped up and it's unavailable. Folks, that's what happens when we neglect the gift that God has given us. We, too, become like that soil that's never given us a chance to go fallow. We find ourselves slap out, wore out, tired, and just beside ourselves, stinking tired. And perhaps some of you feel that way this very morning. But I got news for you. Sabbath is not just a day, but it's also an orientation. Let me say it again. Sabbath is not just a day. It's also an orientation. It's an outlook on life. It's a way of knowing and seeing. And Mark Buchanan is a, a fellow pastor up in Canada and, and a, a, a great writer. And we took the, the ministry team through a book called The Rest of God this summer. And I encourage you all to pick up a copy. It's, it's, a, it's almost like looking at a prism on Sabbath and the different ways of understanding and understanding the gift that Sabbath has. And it kicked us in the teeth. Can I get, a, can I get an amen, Tammy? It did. It challenged us on Sabbath. But he writes this in the opening to this book. He says, Sabbath imparts the rest of God, actual physical, mental, spiritual rest, but also the rest of God. The things of God's nature and presence we miss in our busyness. You see, sometimes we can get so stinking fast that we can't hear from God. Can I get an amen to that? You're asking for an answer to your prayer, but you won't slow down long enough to actually talk with God, right? And to hear from God and to be with God and to be in his word. Well, Mark goes on to write this. It says, in a culture where busyness is a fetish and stillness is laziness. That resonate with any of y'all? Rest is sloth. But without rest, we miss the rest of God. The rest he invites us to to enter more fully so that we might know him more deeply. Be still and know that I am God. That's from Psalm 46.10, by the way. Some knowing is never pursued, only received. And for that, you need to be still. How many of you have been still lately enough to come to know what God wants you to hear, that he loves you, 
that He forgives you, that He wants to walk with you, that He wants to heal you, He wants to redeem you, He wants you to discover the purpose that He has for you. You see, sometimes we have to slow down to do that. And when we do that, when we slow down enough, something changes in us. When we begin to simply be with God. Y'all, y'all remember the story, right? Mary and Martha. And, and, and Martha's running around like a chicken with her head cut off trying to prepare everything around the house. And Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha just gets fed up with her sister. And, and he, she finally goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, tell her to get off her rear end and help me. And Jesus says, you got it backwards, Martha. She chose the better thing. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. You see, even in your Christian walk, you can get too busy doing for God and forget to be with God, myself included. I found myself not being able to sleep early this week, and, and I was taken back to a passage that is one of my favorite passages in Matthew's Gospel of Jesus. And I'm not one to use a paraphrase much. I like the wooden translations from, from the Greek and the Hebrew to the English, so I like NIV and I like NRSV translations, but Eugene Peterson does a paraphrase. And he paraphrases this conversation that Jesus offers beautifully in Matthew 11. I want to read it to you. Jesus says, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Who wants that today? I do. That's what Shabbat is all about. That's what Sabbath rest is all about. And you see, Jesus was no stranger to Sabbath because if you look at his life, you look at the activity of his life, how often do we find him leaving the busyness of the healing and the teaching to just get away and get with God the Father and to speak with God the Father through prayer. He just simply got away and it restored his soul. It renewed his purpose. He knew what his calling was. He knew what he was called to do and he was walking ever so more toward that throughout the rest of his ministry. But he had a high value for Sabbath and it was much to the chagrin of the Pharisees because even on the Sabbaths, he knew that healing was a part of it. In fact, that flew over the face of the Pharisees, right? Anytime he did a healing on the Sabbath. Because if Shabbat's about deliverance and about rest, well, isn't that where a lot of healing comes from? We're delivered. We find that rest that we need. Listen to how Jesus entered his public ministry. If you look in Luke and you look at Mark, you find that Jesus entered into public ministry on a Sabbath Sunday or Sabbath Saturday, that is. And he opens a scroll. He's, he's back in his hometown, Nazareth. He's, he's with his homeboys, if you will, and he's in his synagogue, and the family and everybody knows who he is, and he, he opens the scroll of Isaiah to a particular place, and actually two places, and we find him reading this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then we read that he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Everybody kind of looked at him like, well, what's next? And he goes on and he says this, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, it's not a coincidence that Jesus turned to that passage on a Shabbat, on a Sabbath. Much to the chagrin of the, the Pharisees that were there, they thought he was breaking the Sabbath when rather he was actually keeping it by bringing healing and wholeness even on the Sabbath. And he offers it to you and me. If you look at this passage in Isaiah that he's quoting, there's a recurring word. And in the, in the Greek, it's, it's aphesis. And it means this, to release from debt, to forgive, freedom from bondage. Shabbat, deliverance. Do you see the connection? Christ has come to give us freedom. This is what Jesus came for. This is what Jesus died for. This is what Jesus wants to give you and I. A freedom and a forgiveness from the bondage of shame and guilt. And Sabbath is a way of remembering that he has already done it. It is finished. He has already done that in your life, in my life, no matter what you're struggling with today. He's done it. And Sabbath is a way to remember that. And also to begin to have an outlook toward life in which we begin to see our relationships differently, having had a chance to power down, to hit the reset button, to reflect on what really matters most to us and, and our relationship with God. I imagine I've not shared a whole lot new with you today. Many of us have heard of Sabbath. We know of Sabbath. And I've Perhaps we could probably say we've all broken Sabbath. Amen? So why do we do it? Why do we break the Sabbath? Why do we not take the time that God's given us? He offers us. You know, I was pondering that this past week, and, and I can't help but think that in many ways, it's because we're not a whole lot different than those Hebrew people that had been delivered, but had forgotten. Because what is it they did? What was the first thing they did when things start going tough in their life, having been delivered from the bondage of Egypt? What did they want to do? They want to go back. They want to go back. They had forgotten that they had been set free by God's hand. And therefore, we find that they didn't trust in God's provision for their future. And therein lies a rub for me and perhaps for you. Do we truly trust God for our provision? Do you trust in God's provision for your life? I think in so many ways, maybe that's why we don't keep the Sabbath. We, we find ourselves trying to set aside time for rest. We know we need it, but we don't think we can afford it, do we? Think about it. You know, in the business world, if we were to take a rest, perhaps someone would get ahead of us, take the spot we want on the corporate ladder. Am I right? Those of us with kids, sports, 
My daughter's in year-round swim. Some of y'all are in year-round baseball, or at least it feels that way, right? It's like the forever game, right? How many of us think that we can't afford to take that rest or else they won't have the best opportunity on the field or in the pool? And we think we can't afford it. And the reality is, is as we do that, we find that we are worn out, burned out, and slapped strung out. I think that's where we find ourselves often. And we forget the gift that Sabbath is. And what God wants to do in that Sabbath moment is to meet us, restore us. How is it that Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes into three petitions. Do you remember what those are? Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our and deliver us from evil. Provision. Forgiveness. Deliverance. Shabbat reminds us that God's already done that. Christ has already offered that. The ancient Hebrew people went out and grabbed manna when they didn't need to. They grabbed too much sometimes and it turned into maggot-infested bread instead because they didn't listen to God. And then they even went out on the seventh day, even after God said, grab as all you need for two days on the sixth day because they didn't trust in God. Is our lack of taking that rest that we don't trust in God's provision? We begin to trust in ourselves. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, even as a pastor, it's hard to turn it off. Ask my my family, it's hard to turn it off. Ministry seems 24-7 these days. How about you? In your own context, where's your life like 24-7 when you need to hit the pause button? Because if you don't, you're going to hit a wall. (laughs) God gave us a gift called Shabbat, a Sabbath rest. Imagine what your relationships and my relationships might look like if we actually embrace that gift. How might your relationship with your spouse, your coworkers, your classmates, your teammates, your church, family look? If we honored Sabbath, and we helped others experience it too. It's time to reclaim the Sabbath. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. So let me end with just three practical ways to do that. And Sean Gladding in his book, The Ten Words of Life, and if, if you want to jump in on one of those talkback groups, they're still going on for the rest of the series. You're welcome just to jump in today or throughout this week when we have those groups. They're online through the small group portal. You can find out the times and days that they meet. But three things. Schedule it. Guard it. Enjoy it. How often do we try to fit Sabbath in as the last thing on our calendar? We give God the leftovers rather than the first fruits. Not just in our giving, but in our time. Don't we? Put it on the calendar first. Find that 24-hour period. 
It may not be a Saturday. It may not be a Sunday. As a ministry team leader, I can tell you that it's not Sunday for me either. It's, it's another day in the week. Friday is my down day. Friday is the day that I learn that I need to take that time off. And honestly, I got to do a better job of turning the phone off on that day. Because anyone can find you on the smartphone, can't they? Wherever you are. Schedule it. And then guard it. Because no one else is going to guard it for you. Better yet, everyone will want to take it from you. Not maliciously. But they're going to ask of your time. Guard it. And lastly, enjoy it. God would want to relish in the joy that you find. Maybe it's in gardening. Maybe it's in hiking. Maybe it's in kneading, knitting. Maybe it's in reading. Maybe it's in napping, y'all. That's not sloth. My men's group went fishing. Guess what I did the, after lunch? I put my inu between two trees by the stream. And guess what? I was out for an hour. It's okay to take that rest. Rest with God so that you might get the rest of God. Shabbat. Sabbath. Rest. Deliverance. Not just for you and me, but for everyone. Let's embrace Sabbath again in our life. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for the gift of this word, we, we come to this word and we, 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 like so many others, we tend to think that it's a work righteousness mindset, that somehow we got to earn it. And we got to, if we don't take it, we don't measure up in your eyes. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Because your son came and gave his life for ours to free us, to deliver us from the bondage of sin and shame and from the tyranny of a crazy calendar and lifestyle that the culture around us espouses us to pursue in the corporate world and in the athletic world and in our own personal lives. God, you call and you invite us to a gift that you have for us called Sabbath. Help us not to feel guilty for having not taken it but rather through your Holy Spirit this morning, I pray that you would inspire us to begin to receive it again. To experience the life-changing experience of rest in our relationships, chief among them, you. Or we might hear you anew or for the first time. Be reminded of your love and of your grace. That you're for us and not against us. That you've forgiven us. That you offer to walk with us no matter where we've been and what we've done. So God, this is, a, this is truly a word of life. It is not life-taking, but it is life-giving. May we not forget it. May we not leave it behind this week. I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.